Outkick 360. And the Tennessee Power Hour is here across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us, Chad Withrow, Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, Jacob Swanson making the show happen. Uh, big thanks uh, to everyone behind the scenes with Outkick uh, doing a fantastic job, including Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny, and Jake Popoff, our production assistant today. FanDuel.com slash OK360. We send you there for this great offer. You bet $10 on the Clippers Do or Mavericks it. as the matchup, and you get $100 in site credit if you win or you lose your first bet. You get that the next day. You can do this by having a dollar bet on the Bucks or the Heat in that matchup, and you get $100 in site credit. Users just need to bet the money line, and you do that on either team for a dollar when it comes to the Bucks or the Heat, or $10 with the Clippers and the Mavs. And whether you win or you lose, you're going to get $100 in site credit the next day at fanduelcom slash OK360. It's available in all legal states except Illinois. Chad, you like to say? If you're not doing it, why? You need to do it. Free money. Take advantage. I, th- I thought he was good. I thought you were setting him up to say GTFO Parlay. out of Illinois. Parlay. Bang, bang. <laughs> There's a lot Get of out of Illinois. There's a lot of things I like to say, but I knew exactly what Hutton was, was going with. I thought you were going to be critical of the people of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> it is now... Uh, a best of three series as the Preds take on the Carolina Hurricanes tonight in Raleigh. Um, it's been a, a fantastic series so far. And the, the Preds, for their credit, have made this one great matchup as its series shifts back to Carolina's home ice. I fear a falling back to earth tonight. Uh, I mean, the Preds have done a great job. These last two games were, were phenomenal. Both teams are going to be tired. Yes. You've got the comforts of home now. Uh, you know, one team presumably sleeping in its own bed. Um, you're on home ice. You're deeper. You are more skilled. Things that the Predators overcame over, over the last two games. But now I think your series goes back to the default setting to me. And I think the default setting is uh, the Hurricanes are better. Now, maybe the Predators carry over what they did. If they were at home, I'd feel very good about them. But the, the disadvantage of being the lower seed here by a lot is that you're not at home tonight. I think two intangible factors. One favors the Preds, one favors Carolina. First one is fatigue. I do think that being home helps with that, not being the team on the road, how you handle... 191 minutes of hockey over the weekend and adjusting your body to get ready to play again tonight. I think that's a key in this game. And the other intangible is pressure. Pressure's on Carolina. Yes. Preds can play loose. They can play free. This is not a must-win for the Preds. This is a must-win for Carolina. You're not going back to Nashville down 3-2 being the dominant team throughout the regular season. That's where you start to feel the pressure as the team that's supposed to win. Preds aren't supposed to win. This is already a win in this series for the Preds in terms of perception. I'm not talking about moral victories. I'm not talking about what they want to do. I'm saying from outside perception looking in, getting this series to six, we would have said going into it, it's pretty good. That's what you want to do in this series at least, right, is get it to six games. They've done that with those two wins in Nashville. All the pressure now is on Carolina. How does this Carolina team handle that pressure? I think is a big part of tonight. Well, how how does 
the goaltender handle the pressure, Nedeljkovic, because he's it, Soros has faced intense pressure. He did too. I mean, the, the, the overtimes were were excellent. Soros, though, the advanced stats stand out in this series. The quality of shots that he has faced over the last two games, three games, versus the quality of shots, the percentage chance of scoring uh, based on the analytics that Nedeljkovic has faced, not the same. Soros is, is facing the more difficult shots overall, going a layer too deeper with what he's doing. Say percentage-wise, um, the goals against, not a huge difference. I'm not trying to claim that. Both have been really good. Soros has been better when facing those opportunistic scoring chances. Can that stay? Can they put pressure on a Carolina team that has gone back and forth with goaltenders over the season? And they've stuck with Nedeljkovic, and, and again, been rightfully solid. so. But... Their rookie has played three straight games where he has faced a ton of pressure and looks, and now the series is tied as he returns to home ice. And I, I think you hit on a crucial point, Paul, uh, and, and Chad, maybe this plays into your parlay. The back-to-back overtime games and how that factors in. Who has the deeper, faster, fresher team as you go into game five? Is, uh, is Jacob Slavin back? who we haven't seen in the past three games That'd for Carolina. That, that, the, the matchups in the last two with how they found the nine line with you know, Johansson and Duchesne and, and, and Forsberg, the nine line has been a difference maker. Can they keep the pace there with, with what they have done over the last two games? Or does it fall back to, to being more of the same where they tried to muck it up over the first two but still came away with two losses in Carolina. A lot of questions with all of that, but I think the back-to-back double overtime games plays a factor with who has the deeper, fresher, faster roster. And I I think we'll figure that out within the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah, first 10 minutes are big. You you say, and and look, it's a good thing. The Soros is saving a lot of high-danger chances. Yeah. But it's a bad thing that there are a lot of high-danger chances. And I think Brindamore is saying, look, we've got more high-danger chances. Just keep going with the high-danger chances, and ultimately one of them is going to get in. And, and we're, we're going to be ahead on high-danger chances. And I, and I tend to feel the, the same way, right? Are, are the Predators going to win this against a little bit of a lesser goalie with fewer good chances off of lesser chances? I mean, well, which side do you the, take? Do you want Preds, more high-danger chances against I, I, a better goalie? I take Soros, but also it's not like the Preds didn't have some very uh, high-pressure sure. chances that didn't fall. They had a two-on-none break that they didn't convert on in, in game four. Right, but are you confident they, they had a, they had They time? had one where Cousins, if he could just lift the puck at all. The game's over. The game's over at one point late With in the third period. Left. So they, they had plenty of chances, too. I, I do think there's a difference in philosophy between John Hines and Peter LaViolette. Volume versus quality. LaViolette was a skate it down there, get it on net guy, right? They were going to pepper the goalie. With chances, not always high-quality chances, John Hines is much more of a let's get quality looks and not force it type of type of coach. So I do think that it's a little bit the, the, the style is different in terms of what to look for with numbers of shots on goal for the Preds and, and how that factors in. 
but Preds own the goalie matchup right now. Yeah, and, and in that's, a best, that's that's but coming into this, what do we say? How do you steal a series? Well, you own the goalie. How matchup. do you win a best of three series now? Goaltender own, own the goalie matchup. And the Preds have the advantage, no matter how good they've been in that in Carolina. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They they have been very good. Saros is playing is playing at a pace over the last three months that no goaltender in Nashville in a in a uniform, a jersey, a sweater, whatever you want to call it, has played ever over a three month stretch with the with the production value he's given this team and the life. What do we think, uh, or what's our expectation officiating wise after Brenda Moore? I have no idea. Uh, well, this was after Game Three, so they've played a game since to have these comments. Affected game. Game four, potentially. And game three was a wild game in terms of how, how often people were in the box. And that, that's when his comments were, were after game three yeah, on Friday night. He seemed to have effect. It was 4-2. Four, four I, I think Sunday was 4-2 in favor of Carolina after those comments. Uh, David Poyle was on 102.5 The Game in Nashville today and actually said, uh, when asked about the, the comments, said, I hope they get fined for it was his direct comment to it. And, hey, kudos to David Poyle yeah, for saying what he believes. Sure. We don't. I mean, we talk about that with the, earlier with the Kepka, how honest that reaction was. I love David Poyle as GM of the Preds because he's so honest with his opinions on the team, and he, he doesn't really hold back a lot of times. So I'm glad that he said that. But I mean, I, I don't. It's hard for me to go into a game, Paul, and think about what is the backlash from the previous game. Well, it was four-two in favor of Carolina. Are the Preds going to get seven power plays again, like they did in Game Two? Last time in Carolina, is it going to be? You know, I don't. Would it I don't matter? know how you really factor that we in. We haven't talked either. Uh, uh, we haven't talked much either about last change, and I don't know that it's had much of an effect, David. I don't know if you feel like it's had much of an effect on the, on this series, but it would be a bad time for it to start to have an effect on this series for the Predators if it if it does tonight. Um, so we'll see about matchup wise. Uh, special teams. Speaking of the choir here, we, we know they're important. I, I'm curious, though, Reed, from your perspective, wrinkles. I, I think we, we should ask ourselves, what will John Hines do, John Hines do to, the, to the lineup or what considerations should be made to get, for instance, Grimaldi, uh, fresh legs, a fresh body after two games of back-to-back double overtime performances where – there will be one team that has a better jump out of the gate here. And, th- and that's a, it's a tough dynamic to this matchup that's really tough to preview. Uh, do you consider throwing in a fresh body or two? And I realize by asking that question, you have to have a decision made on who you're taking out of the lineup, which has played really well over the last two games. So uh, as, as someone who follows this as closely as we do, what do you think? So I, that's... One of the immediate thoughts that I had on Sunday after that game was that exact point because there was part of me that was earlier in the series when we knew that Grimaldi and Arvidsson were healthy scratches. This was before they reported that Arvidsson had an upper body injury. There was a part of me that was thinking, well, I, th- I, I even told you yeah. after game the first game Arvidsson played in, we may not see him again in this series. He just does not have the physicality. Yeah, he didn't look healthy to do what he needs to do against that on that top line. But there's a part of me that says, if you're going to do it, you can you can do it tonight because we've seen at times 
the start, the Grimaldi and Arvidsson both can get off to when a game starts. Oftentimes, they're the metronome. They're what sets the pace for this team. Mm -hmm. If you can put one of those guys out there to set that pace and make those guys skate a little bit harder, knowing that they've come off two back-to-back overtime games, but I just don't know who you take out of the lineup at this point to get a Grimaldi in just for the purposes of having a, a speedier guy on the ice. I think what you what you do is, and what you have done, is you've inserted uh, Cunning on that power play now, and now he's had more time with that power play unit. I think he, if you have the opportunities tonight with him on that unit now, you've got to take advantage of it because he's shown what he's, since really the, the end of March, you've seen the play that he can have when he's on the ice. You were at a disadvantage in those earlier games because he was not on the ice, because he was not on a special teams unit. I, I want to see more from him if they have that opportunity tonight. I do, I do like what you're saying, though. That That's awfully tempting, that idea of not just the speed injection in those first 10 minutes you talked about hunting, but fresh. Mm-hmm. Somebody yep. who didn't just uh, take part in 191 minutes over the course of two games. That's well, a luxury. A group that did, that has been playing phenomenally well over the last two, is the nine line. Deshane Johansson and Forsberg. Can, can we watch Deshane bring it for three straight performances? Where I think we described it properly yesterday. He played like he cared over the weekend. Um, he played like an $8 million player over the weekend. He was off the power play the whole weekend, right? Not just uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's got Saturday. to. To answer your question, Hutton, he, he's uh, th- those guys, the two things that have to line up. Soros had to be the Soros of the back half of the season, which he's been. He's been terrific. By the way, how great is it not to be talking about uh, playoff Soros like you did with Pecorino right. at times? I know it's a very small yeah. sample size, but that that's knock on wood for Preds fans. That's a good thing right now. But two things got to line up. Your stars have to play like stars. We said that. I'm not talking about the Dallas stars. Weekend. I'm talking about your guys that are making a combined $16 million with Johansson and Duchesne and Forsberg also I throw into that group. But that line combined with Soros, if this team is going to win in seven games, if that's what this series becomes, which it has a good shot at being right now, those guys – it's you mentioned the best of three game series now. They got to show up the next three games. It's not just come and go here right. and there. It has got to be pushing the whole time they're on the ice if the Preds are going to win. Talking about fresh, uh, Brenda Moore said Slavin will. Uh, he, first, he said he's hopeful that Slavin will play tonight. Then he said uh, he'll take warm ups tonight and see how he feels before yeah, the decision is made. That means he's playing. That's a lot of optimism that. coming from him. I take there. that to mean he's back. Uh, with, with that. Um, look, back on the road, pressure's now on Carolina again. Preds playing with really nothing to lose uh, going into it. Uh, and they've been playing like that throughout the entire playoff push to just get to the postseason. How does Carolina respond to the pressure? The best teams, season to season, no matter the sport, handle this like champions. It's round one, series tied 2-2. This, this is where you see those top-line players step up in key, crucial moments, right? This is where we see Stahl show up again. Yeah. I, think, I think of him in a moment like this. Like how big and how much of an impact will he make back on home ice? He plays great as the captain there. I want to save my answer for our parlay, <laughs> okay. for our parlay later on this because I brought up that, 
this point of the intangibles, the two biggest things, how both teams recover and how both teams rested getting into this and how fresh they can be. And the other thing is, can Carolina handle the pressure? Because it's all on them right now. It's not on the Preds. It's all on Carolina. I'll reveal my answer to your question, Hutton. Okay. Also, though, I, I agree entirely about the pressure. Yeah. They score a goal in the first 10 minutes, take a lead, f- completely flips. Completely flips. I mean, the air's out of the valve, the pressure's off them. You saying Carolina? Yeah. It's all on Nashville. Something good happens for Carolina early in the first well, that, 10 I, I minutes. But that, that happened I, I in the last two games. All. Carolina scored at the end of a period. I think the, the uh, end of the first period, into the second period maybe in, on Saturday, where it took the air out just a tad. And you thought, okay, this is where the Hurricanes pick up where they left off in Carolina. And that didn't happen because Nashville had an answer for it. Carolina even scored early on in the third period right out of the gate in, uh, in game four. And Nashville had an answer. I'm not, so. I'm not saying it comes crashing down on, on the Preds or anything like that. I'm just saying this idea that you have, Chad, which I, I agree with that it's kind of house money at, at the beginning. Once something good happens for Carolina early, if it does, if the first good thing happens for Carolina, it, it changes that. I don't think the, the pressure tilt. is alleviated from them until that final horn sounds. There's pressure on this guy. I mean, 5 nothing, third period, pressure might be off. Yeah. They have to win. I mean, this is, they are the huge favorite in this series. It is catastrophic if they lose to this Predators team in this series. And if they go back and lose at home in it's Game 5, them, for sure. they're losing this series. If they lose tonight, I, to me, I, I don't think one and goal does it, alleviates any pressure. It's, once they get through this game, it's a breathing a sigh of relief that they're up 3-2 going back to Nashville. Announced today that Bridgestone Arena – and the Nashville Predators will have 14,107 fans. That will be their capacity for Thursday night's game, which is an 8.30 central drop puck, drop of the puck. The Hutton start special. Time. It is my special. Um, loves it. I'm all for Hutton wishes it was 10.30. I'm all for, yeah, bring it on. Bring on those West Coast times right here in Middle Tennessee. Uh, 8.30 puck drops. I, strictly TV-related read. I don't know if you've read the release or not. Um, I'm assuming that's all this is. Uh, but you have a potential, well, not a potential. It is a closeout game no matter the situation and no matter the winner tonight. So you put that on after uh, maybe a potential other closeout game and back-to-back on a doubleheader. Yeah, and this has happened before. And I, I guess it's almost like a, a reward as compelling as this series has been. They want to put it in front yeah. of more eyeballs, but it's almost a punishment to the fan base. That's what I that's what I want to oh, see. Can like that fan punishment. base show up at eight thirty and still bring the energy that they could well, for six o'clock or seven o'clock. Well, you go double overtime no, again it's, and it's a real punishment for a lot of people. It's it's T V punishment. Purposes. It's it's not a punishment. <laughs> punishment. It's not as punishment as much as Montreal and Toronto are playing in the East time zone. <laughs> so they get the six o'clock central start. And then the Preds, since they're in the central time zone, get 8.30 instead of making them play at 9.30 Eastern time. Pretty simple. Logistics. They want both games on in a window where everybody can watch. 6 p.m., Canadians, Maple Leafs, Thursday, and then 8.30, Canes, Preds. Coming up, we discuss Julio Jones, Falcons wide receiver. Could he be Titans wide receiver, Julio Jones? A couple of reports to reference. First being... Uh, uh, some stats behind the the description of Julio Jones at his age and what he would bring as, as a veteran to a receiving group right here in Nashville. 
Uh, we'll discuss that despite the injury concerns. And uh, another chat about the two teams he's interested in. That's all straight ahead. First, though, Chad, let us know about Renters Warehouse. Renters Warehouse is a group that can help you in a lot of different ways. Just go to rwnashville.com or give them a call at 615-398-9550 and find out about the Upfront Rent Program. Get the most out of your real estate investment by receiving a full year of rent paid up front. That's up to a year of rent payments in your pocket right now. Renters Warehouse is Nashville's leader in property management and the only company providing upfront rent. The upfront rent program available for a limited time. This website, just for our viewers, just for our listeners, you can find out more how to get a year's worth of rent paid up front. rwnashville.com is the website. Phone number 615-398-9550. Do it the renter's warehouse way and get tomorrow's rent today. Julio Jones has missed games, but the production is still there next on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 rolls on alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for joining us across the OutKick network today. We are live each and every day at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Uh, OutKick network includes YouTube with the new OutKick 360 channel. We're streaming there live exclusively on YouTube. We hope you'll subscribe, you hit the alert button, you know every time that we go live or that we post new content. You can also follow us on Twitter at OutKick 360, Facebook page, we're on Facebook Live every day as well. And the podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. We have a review of a few of your reviews uh, coming up in the final segment, as long as, uh, as well as the, the 360 parlay from one Chad Withrow, who is yet again on a win streak. You can be too. Fandle.com slash OK360, the place to go. If you're a new user, why are you not doing this to steal a line from Chad Withrow? Why, why are you not Just going to Fandle.com slash OK360? Someone because you bet before, $10 on the Clippers and Mavs matchup. Okay, you nice. get $100 insight credit. Um, the next day, and that's whether you win or lose the bet. Same thing for a dollar bet on the Bucks and the Heat matchup. You get a hundred dollars insight credit back, uh, whether you win or lose. But it's got to be your first bet. So opt in at FanDuel.com/OK360. You sign up there, opt in, and make your bet. Choose your game. You get a hundred dollars insight credit, win or lose. It's available in all legal states except Illinois. What state is Julio Jones going to be playing in next season for all those home games uh, across the NFL? The odds are out there. You can find those as well at FanDuel. Um, But Chris Sims is saying that Julio wants to play for the Patriots or the Titans. We heard yesterday with Shannon Sharp on Undisputed where Shannon called him up. Still don't know whether or not Julio knew he was live on the air or not. It's hard to figure that out. Um, but he said he's out of here. He's he's out of he's out of Atlanta. Where does where's the landing spot? Where does where does Atlanta find a trade partner? June first can have a a big date on the calendar circled for all of this. And Paul's about to detail some of that. And Paul, this is a veteran wide receiver that is still producing when healthy and could mean quite a bit to this Titans roster. Well, the Falcons need this to happen after June 1st because they save $15.3 million in cap space. After June 1st, you can take the dead money hit 
from moving a guy off of your roster, cutting him, trading him, and divide that cost half on this year's cap, half on next year's cap. So it's $15.3 million saved on this year's cap that can be put on next year's cap. That's a significant amount for them. Um, PFT reports uh, that the Falcons were looking for a first-round pick for Jones when they tried to arrange a pre-draft post-June 1st trade for Jones. So they could have made a deal before the draft that would have been not executed until after June 1st, the way teams make trades during the offseason before March 14th or whatever starts the, the new league year, like the Alex Smith trade yeah. we saw one year. Here's what they say, though. They say, um, as we understand that they could have gotten a second-round pick at that time without paying any of his salary, and they declined. They're going to get less than that for him now because there are fewer suitors. So they shot themselves in the foot by being a little greedy and thinking they could have gotten a first, which they obviously did not, could not have gotten. Well, I wonder, I wonder where he's valued across the league because the stats, according to The Athletic, say he's still a number one wideout based on production when he's on the field. Yeah, so... Um, he averages, I think it was, 2.6 yards per, per route run, and that's top five in the league. That is up there with A.J. Brown. Uh, it is up there with Devontae Adams, and I think Justin Jefferson was also on this list. And then there's Julio Jones. And this quali- to qualify for this stat, you had to run over 200 yards, or 200 routes, excuse me, uh, in the 2020 season um, to, to qualify. And he, he averaged 2.6 yards for every route he was able Number to be on the field four. for. Number four in the league in 2020. 2.6 yards per route. Number four. Career high catch rate, 75%. Career high yards per target, 11.3. Last 16 games total. Now he played nine last year, missed seven. Last 16 games, 100 catches, 1,453 yards. And he missed seven games. Now, a lot of people, too, are saying, uh, you know, from a Titans perspective, why are you going to go get this guy who costs 15.3 next year when you wouldn't sign Corey Davis? Well, this guy costs 15.3 next year, and then his number goes down to 11.3 for the next two years after that. Well, Corey Davis's number goes up. Corey Davis got a big signing bonus. And Julio Jones is getting no signing bonus coming in the I, door. I know, and Julio Jones dictates coverages differently than Corey Davis. It, it's also not all about this, but I have to, I have to think internally. If you view Corey Davis as a number two wideout, you're not going to set the market for your number one receiver who you're about to extend in A.J. Brown. Yes. So that you're not going to set the market on your own roster to then try to compete for number one wideout supremacy, which A.J. Brown is going to get. He's going to get that compared to across the league. My overall point is if you trade for the contract that's going down, and you have the veteran that's coming in that's, what, he's 32? 32, I think. So, to me, it, it's hard to compare the two based on the production I don't and, ha- and, and the salary and the money that you'd be signing them up for. I don't so have a problem question. with them letting Corey Davis go. I have a problem with they, what they failed to do to okay, replace Yeah, and that's fair. So, simple question for both of you guys. Are the Titans currently in a Super Bowl winning yes. window? Paul? Yeah, yeah, the Derrick Henry window is a Super yes. Bowl winning window to me. Then you do everything within reason to make this move. There is going to be a winner and a loser 
in the Julio Jones trade. The loser is the one who doesn't trade for Julio Jones. If, in fact, it's the Titans and the Patriots, if the Patriots get him, the Patriots win, and the Titans lose. The Titans need another receiver. Julio Jones is available via trade. You do everything within reason to acquire Julio Jones. I think this is a very simple decision for the Titans. Now, I say everything within reason. If the, the price is just way too much and it's silly, what's trying to happen with the Falcons, which we don't believe that's the case, then you don't make this move. But to me, this is a no-brainer. To pair Julio Jones with A.J. Brown, with Derrick Henry Paul, as you mentioned, as long as the Derrick Henry window is open, the Super Bowl window is open, it's a franchise trying to win their first ever Super Bowl, make the trade for Julio Jones. I think you probably get him for a third now. Second is the most expensive he's going to be. If you can get him for a third, $15.3 million, again, you can free up $20 million very quickly with the restructure of Ryan Tanhill. Now, that costs you $11.7125 million against the cap next year and the year after. So you're pushing forward cap costs twice. The Titans don't do this. They haven't done this. This is the big question, Chad, about what you're saying, about the window. If you're in the window, to me, the window is the Derrick Henry time period. And to me, the Derrick Henry time period has two or three years left on it. Uh, you know, Cap's going to be a struggle again next year. The year after, it's not going to be a, a struggle. But I think if you look ahead, you know, at some point, you're going to have to push. And are the Titans risk takers? Look, Jadavian Clowney was probably a go-for-it move last sure. year. This would be a go-for-it move. Does it come with injury risk? Julio Jones has missed 24 games over 10 seasons. That's 15%. He's missed nine games over the last six seasons. That's 9.4%. He's missed seven games in the last four seasons. That's 11%. He's played a lot of games at less than full strength. But the fact of the matter is the guy has 95.5 receiving yards per game. That's the best in NFL history by nearly 10 yards on Calvin Johnson by nearly 10 yards. You are really going to force teams to make this coverage decisions against A.J. Brown. I think you're probably doubling A.J. Brown in a lot of situations that's leaving Julio Jones with single coverage for the first time in his life, probably. Well, you, you, you said the key word, probably, because right now you definitely are double teaming. Well, right AJ now A.J. Brown's getting all the attention yeah. in the world. Yeah, but the key word is probably. Like You have to put it into question. Right. And if you know, if you're, you know, and you're probably not getting the same coverages all the time, right. but you're putting people in some kind of a conundrum. And AJ Brown or Julio Jones is getting something that's favorable, and one of those guys getting something that's favorable is dangerous. Are you going to get 16 games out of them? Probably not. Do you roll the dice if you think you're going to get 13 or 14 games out of them, and hopefully have them healthy for the playoffs? I think you do. And I put it in this context: you roll the dice on Isaiah Wilson. Maybe you didn't know you were rolling the dice. You just rolled the dice on Caleb Farley, uh, who had microdisectomy on, on his back. A.J. Brown's proven he can play hurt. A.J. Brown, uh, sorry, uh, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. Um, and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Jadavion so, so Clowney, injury issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you signed him. Signs have no problem with guys with injuries. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, show me where they've been real hesitant with a guy. Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, let's go down yeah. the list. They love guys with injuries. And I'm sure so you can. Why not Julio Jones? I'm sure you can set it up that if you've got a trade, you know, if you're close to agreeing on a trade, and this is a place that Julio Jones wants to be, 
that you can get them in to see your doctors, that the Falcons and the agent would clear you for that. And then if you find out, hey, that troublesome foot, ankle, hamstring remains a problem and you back out of it, then you let that out to, should let it out to me, you'll let it out to Rappaport or Schefter that, you know, the physical didn't go well and, and then we'll at least understand. <laughs> Here's where we get into some sort of fantasy football type trade ideas. Brian on Twitter says trade Landry or Evans and a second for Julio and Peyton Hurst <laughs> because the Titans still need a Why tight Why do end. they want Evans? Why do people want Evans? Evans sucks. This thing where Titans fans so eagerly trade away bad players in deals for good players, it doesn't compute. Think. <laughs> Evans didn't get his fifth-year option executed. He's got one year left on his deal, and he's good at goal line and short yardage situations. He doesn't read things well going on behind him, which interior linebackers have to do in this day and age. He's not in the right place most of the time. And he wasn't for Dean Pease either. But they love him, and they're going to use him in a, in a deal for both Hayden Hurst and, and Julio Jones? Think, who else can we throw in there? Who else sucks on the Titans? Well, he said Harold Landry. He said Harold Landry or Well, Harold Landry's Evans. good, but he's also in the last year of his contract. So they're going to trade for two guys in the last year of their contracts, one of whom sucks, and the other of whom is a crucial piece of the Titans' defense. Hey, we finally have two pass rushers. Let's get one of them the hell out of here so that we can go back to Derek Roberson. Guys, we got a novel idea. You know, last year we tried to add two pass rushers. This year, no pass rushers. Hear me out. Hear me out. No pass rushers this year. Yeah, but we'll, we'll fix up that receiver in tight end position. Coming up, Chad has the 360 parlay. Winners win. We're going to be making our bet. FanDuel.com. Chad won for us last night. We'll recap that. I'm going to give you guys some more money tonight. How about that? Hey, Chad, can you just give to the people more can, money? Can more you give gifts? me forty dollars I mean, now? I'll pay you back. Add more. a little weight. Yeah. Add a little weight to the back well, pocket. Add a, add, a, add a little weight to this bet tonight too. That's all straight ahead. We're going to tell you where to place your bets next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Thanks to all of you for joining us on the YouTube channel. If you've already subscribed, we appreciate you. Uh, if not, we certainly hope you will. Outkick 360 channel, just search that out on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, hit that alert button. And you know every time we go live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, and anytime we post new content across the Outkick network. You can also follow along through Twitter at Outkick360. You can download the podcast wherever you find your podcast. And of course, we are live on Facebook daily. Uh, I didn't know how to, to work this stat in today. I came across this on Twitter last night. I love it. To one of the best to ever play the game. And it, I, I'm weaving it into the Julio Jones discussion with Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles than drops I saw in his career. 17 seasons. You see the receptions, nearly 1,500 receptions. 41 career tackles, 30 career drops. That, I don't that think is that. insane. That's I bet you, stat. too, think about this. How much special teams do you think he played even early in his career? I'm guessing... None. Yeah, those tackles have to be on interceptions. interceptions. So think of how many interceptions he's been on the field for to make 41 tackles. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I bet a lot are targets to him where someone got it. He a fumble recovery or something. Fumble you know? recovery. Yeah. But think how many turnovers he's been around to make 41 tackles. That's a lot of tackles. That's an incredible stat. Well done, fine. 30 man. drops. Well, I mean, Great. thank you to My Sports Update for tweeting that out. I mean, I, I, I love small nuggets like that yeah, that put in perspective stat. just how consistent a player needs to be. It's not all about winning championships, right? Like, Larry Fitzgerald's a Hall of Famer. And those are the types of numbers that Paul will hear whenever it's presented, which won't take long, no. when it's presented that he's a pro football Hall of Fame candidate. He's unsigned, can correct? I, can I give you guys unsigned, a quick stat? Yes, not yes, correct. Can I give you guys a quick stat from over the weekend? Sure. I don't have a graphic up from it. But oh, come on, no graphic. The Braves beat the Pirates 20-1 to no picks. Friday night. Yeah, we're not even going to have picks today. This is my stat. <laughs> I'm done. No, you get no money tonight. Um, Braves beat the Pirates 20-1 to Friday night. The Braves, at minus 19 in run differential going into the game, were dead last in the NL East in run differential. After the game, with a 19-plus run differential getting them even on the season, they were second in the NL East. In one night, and this is late wow. May, they went from dead last in run differential to second because of a 19-run win. a nice one-night turnaround in that category. Yeah. Well, they won, and then they won 20-1, to 6-1, to 7-1. to one. Over the weekend against the Pirates. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is where you can go, and we recommend you go and do the parlay with us. If you're already a user, you can bet with us. With FanDuel, we're betting and putting down $5 on a 360 parlay One every team. day. Every day. And Chad Withrow Has selected that. for the show yesterday and won, which means Chad Withrow has the honor. We should have some kind of Your thing honor. we give you. Like, uh, there was a great episode of Simpsons with betting thing where the, all the broadcasters were doing the shoe-in of the week, and he'd push a shoe. <laughs> and the other guy had the lock don't, hey, don't mention shoes. of the week. And don't you push, dare mention shoes around chat. Push a big chat. lock across the Did desk. someone say shoes? <laughs> Here's the shoe-in <laughs> of the week. He gets hold to hold the did, shoe. Did someone say Cole Hahn? <laughs> This is our shoe-in of the, the week Josh right here. Scobie cleat. I'm going to tear my groin out of my leg <laughs> doing this right now. Um, today's – hold on one second. We're so into this bet we've made it already. That's why uh, Hutton and I don't have our phones out. We did it early. To, hey! <laughs> All right. Today's 360 parlay right now. Uh, yeah, every day we're going to do this. On Friday, we'll do something that can last over the weekend also. Or we can do it all on so, Friday night. So, Chad, give, give the premise of this real quick as I pull this up the way I can give the updated odds because yeah. it may be different than what you read off here. Well, the premise of the 360 parlay is uh, you win, you <laughs> we stay. We win money. Well, yeah, you win, you stay, right? If, if I make a pick, we won. I did that last night. I pick again today. If we lose tonight, it goes to Hutton, goes to right. Paul. Sweet Maybe Jacob back. Swanson or David Reed will get involved also. But either way. That's how it works. Very simple. All right, let's two, three, four. You can do ten games if you want. However, you want to play. We're this looking parlor. for a nice return. We want I'm, nice odds. Okay, I've I have the updated a, odds. I have got a nice three-leg parlay for you tonight. The NBA has been very good to me. A lot of you out there don't like the NBA. I don't care. I like money. The NBA provides me money. It will provide you money tonight with the Lakers minus one and a half. LeBron looked like an amalgamation of every bad soccer flop in history in one game against Phoenix. He looked like a fool the entire game with some of the flops. He looked like he was murdered at one point because he got barely touched in the eye during the game. He's going to bounce back and play great tonight. This is what I know about LeBron. When he looks foolish, he typically bounces back and wins games. Lakers 
Minus one and a half. They're not going down. It's 0-2. minus two now. They're minus not, two. Okay, sorry. Minus two now. They're not going down. O two in Phoenix. Take the Lakers. Minus two. And the points. Minus two. Paul's Knicks. Trey Young. Great shot. Great atmosphere. Great win for the Hawks. They're not winning tonight. Is minus two. Minus two. Knicks. Minus two. Jump on that one. And finally, Go sorry, ahead. Preds fans. Hurricanes will handle the pressure just fine tonight. I predicted it the last time they were in Carolina. It came true. This is going to be a one-goal game that's going to feel like it's worse for the Preds, like a lot of these games. It's going to feel like it's two or three goals. It's going to be a one-goal game in the third period. Hurricanes will hit an empty net. They'll win by two. Take the Hurricanes minus one and a half. Three-leg parlay. Lakers minus one and not Sorry, minus two. Yep. Knicks minus two. Hurricanes minus one and a half. And last check, got in a $5 bet with that, won you $39.83. Is that close? Um, I'm sorry. I'm, it's, that's, I, I've got it right here. Hang on. That's what it is. Uh, $39.10 plus $7.82 on the odds on tonight's 360 parlay. $5 bet wins you $39.10. Lakers minus two. Knicks minus two. Hurricanes minus one and a half. These all seem very reasonable. I'm surprised the odds are as high as they are. Ye- yesterday, Chad won us what? 13? Yeah, I went bigger this time. I've yeah, been doing I asked, two, two I requested a more uh, a a hearty bet. More meat on the bone. Yes, and he's provided that. And we will be communicating via text tonight, not with all of you who join us, but amongst ourselves, uh, as we look for these results. Not, Chad's expecting a two-goal win for, for the Hurricanes, but Reed, I'll put it on you. Ellie Tolvanen has been close, close to scoring. His odds of scoring tonight... Over half a goal. So will he score? Will is he going to be held without a goal? Plus three ten on the odds. I'm thinking about putting, a, a, yeah, five to you know three to five bucks on Ellie Tolvanen, and and see what happens. Oh, you're you're going for the Withrow as we refer to it now. The three dollar yes. bet wow. that pays you that pays uh, you very well. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I see. Uh, Hunt already sold secondary back. Win nine bucks. You go for it because the Preds are winning tonight, and this series is over when they come. Wow. Homer over Can win there. some money on that one. Says a guy in a smash hat. Can yeah. win some money on that one. We know how Paul likes a nice smash hat. That's a, that's the most masculine smash hat I've ever seen, it's, and that's because because the man, of the man it sits, wearing it sits atop. Yeah. <laughs> Just view the man that this smash yeah. hat sits atop. That's, that's I know uh, another guy that wears a that hat, and it turns him into a woman. There was a comment on here that wanted to know the size of the shoe. I don't know if they're discussing the Scoby shoe or the size of Chad's foot. Chad, because Chad, we showed both. Chad well, I wear a size five and a half. I wear a size thirteen. So that's what was Scoby? Like, like a nine or a ten? Uh, it's pretty small yeah, compared ten, to Chad. Ten and Doesn't a half, measure up. probably. Because I I kicked in that shoe, so probably about a <laughs> ten and a half. Uh, we are out of here for day fifty-two of Outkick three hundred and sixty. Just like that. Just like Just that. Just like that. that. Just like that. Gonna... These shows have flown by this week. Good job, guys. Good job. I think everyone's quick, uh, doing excellent. Around quick applause. mention on Jake, the way good out. Good job, also. A quick mention on the way out. The email address: three hundred and sixty oh, yeah. at outkick.com. Three hundred and sixty at outkick.com. That's the email address to send in your primary complaint for tomorrow. It can be audio, video. If you need to accompany the uh, 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 a photo to accompany the audio. Uh, you can do that. Jacob can put that together for us tomorrow morning as I add more to his plate every single day. Uh, he's extremely capable. Uh, Jacob Swanson gets it done. If you'd like to participate in primary complaint tomorrow, on the way out we say, please do, 360 at outkick.com. We're going to bring it. You can as well. 
Fun show, gents. Have a great evening. Enjoy Big the time. Preds game. Bang, bang. Let's, let's get some results Thanks tonight. to Knoxville for tuning in. If you're listening right now on the radio, you can hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Follow the show. Hit the podcast. If you missed a portion of the show, Do you it. can find the podcast wherever you download your podcast. And we hope that you will rate and subscribe to Outkick360. Here's some daily complaints. People who block the box. Don't go into an intersection with the light. If you're not sure when it changes, you'll be able to clear the intersection. Otherwise, you block the intersection and you create all kind of havoc for which you should be in, uh, arrested and charged as a felon. Here's another thing I hate, people who don't lock the locks. Because what could happen is a, a kid on acid, naked, could come barging into your house, cause trauma to your family. It's a serious matter. You don't want that either. <laughs> Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.